Everybody, welcome back. It's Bamcast Extra, episode 108. Wow. I know it's been a while, but we're back. It's like we were lost, but now we're not. Mm-hmm. Get Just it. Get yeah, it. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And so our first extra movie of 2019, as chosen by the fans of Bamcast Extra. 1994 is the crow. Mm-hmm. 1994 is The Crow. Um, you've seen The Crow a few times. A few times. A number of times. This is the first time I've ever seen a single second of The Crow. I don't know how that happened, but... I I, I think, one, it was just not my vibe, mm-hmm. and two, I, I really didn't want to see a dude die on film. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, not knowing how they dealt with that in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, yeah, so The Crow um, had a troubled production because its star died during the making of the film, mm-hmm. um, was shot by a convoluted series of events where a blank didn't leave the gun properly, and then the next day they went to... It, basically, I think there was stuff left over in the yeah. gun and the propulsion of the blanks to like put it into him. Yeah. I'm sure there's a very long Wikipedia article about exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but anyway... So yeah, uh, the crow. It is uh, based on a comic strip and or graphic novel. The credits were kind of like it's both. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know where the strip would have appeared. I mean, I don't know if this like a. See, I'm I'm not bringing a ton of crow knowledge because I don't like you know I'm not a I was not a reader of the ah. of the comic. It was probably in like a. New York underground newspaper or something or yeah I mean maybe heavy metal something something like that yeah you know? like I, I don't know yeah someone, we don't someone, know. someone's probably gonna be like oh my god how do you not know this and I'm like, well, I... <laughs> yeah well you know just fucking deal with it yeah from the director of of Harlow's favorite movie uh Dark City yeah, yeah it's a, it's I happen good. to like Dark City so I, I like I, I love 90% of Dark City yeah um so anyway Brandon Lee you know showdown in little Tokyo Mm-hmm. Bam cast alum. There, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people in this, and like they've like it's just the '90s casting person was just so zeroed in on '90s. Like it's man, every time like anyone shows up in this, you're like, oh yeah, of course you're in this. Oh right, uh huh, yeah. Here's Candyman. Of course he's <laughs> lurking around back there. Um, so I'm not gonna run through all of these people, but I will say that Ernie Hudson is probably the second most important character in the film mm-hmm. in terms of screen. It's good for Ernie Hudson. This is, this is a pretty good role for him. Um, very long story short about the crow. Uh, a couple gets murdered by toughs in this city that, um, do they ever name what city this is? No, no. Okay. Uh, it is, it is a, a garbage city. It is a city that, uh, has no industry whatsoever except for an arcade, which is blown up at the beginning and a hot dog stand. Those are the only two apparently viable businesses that are happening, one of which is now gone. The bars are doing okay. Yeah, the, the, bar, the bars are doing bars okay. Bars and a club. Yeah, but there's some sort of criminal enterprise happening here that I don't understand how they're making a profit because their their MO is basically go out there and fuck shit up. Just fuck shit up. There's always one car going somewhere like at a pretty good clip because it's always about to murder one of the main characters at any point. Mm-hmm. But 
other than that, I don't know why. I don't know why or how anyone is living in the city. I don't know what the economy is. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'll just say that. But it's a gothic thing, and that's that's how these things go. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, a year passes after this young couple is murdered, and a crow wakes up <laughs> randomly. <laughs> there, there's some vague like, oh, you know, the, the, the prophecy says crows take you to the Deathland, and Sometimes a crow is like, hey, maybe you should come back and... Yeah, you got some shit to work out. Yeah, why don't you work out some business for uh, reasons. So a year later, on the anniversary, because that's how spooky things work, they, mm-hmm. they never you don't get to revenge right away. You have to wait for an anniversary. Uh, well, revenge is a dish best served cold. Sure, but... Ancient Klingon proverb. Yeah, but you can it'd be cold in 24 hours. Like, you don't have to wait a year. <laughs> don't let these fuckers live for like a whole year. Um, but anyway... Brandon Lee is resurrected. Mm-hmm. It all takes place on uh, Devil's Night. Devil's the, Night. The night before Halloween, mm-hmm. October 30th. Which is basically the purge now, I guess. That's the way everyone kind of reacts to it. I mean, it's just that's like... a, it, it is a thing. It's This movie did not invent that. No? Yeah. Okay. Like, it, Mayhem Night, people call it different things, but mm. like the night before Halloween, that's when the, the tricks are actually supposed to happen. Oh. Yeah. Well, the tricks in this uh, city are, are murder. Are yeah. murder and arson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, light up the city. <laughs> I believe you mean fire it up. I do. I guess I mean fire it up. Um, yeah. So there, there's a whole slew of bad guys. There, there's a gang of four, and they work for Michael Wincott, who is like I don't know a pirate ninja, Vamp- I, vampire. Yeah. I mean, he's not a vampire. And no, like, you know, not doing vampirey things. He just dresses like a, pi- a vampire. Yeah, he's he's always like gloved and strapped into his shirt and has like a katana and. Yeah, Bai Lang is always right there by his side, who may or not may or not be his sister. Mm-hmm. That's vaguely hinted at at one point, but um, well, you know, if you want creepy gothic uh, bad guys, just like make siblings or quasi siblings, you know, yeah, be all sexy toward each other. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's a bad guy at one point because he's sitting at at the uh, the end of a long uh, gothic table mm-hmm. with a uh, literally a goblet of fire and a plate of cocaine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which are my two favorite Harry Potter films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Plate of Cocaine. Yeah, that one is real high energy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a Nimbus 9000, bitch! <laughs> I'm gonna catch the seeker! Ah! The Quidditch! Qu- the Quidditch match in that is intense. <laughs> yeah, so this is basically the crow comes back. Uh, the crow realizes he's the crow and can do whatever he wants, and he has to murder the four people who murdered him and his soon-to-be bride. Mm-hmm. Um, he is pretty much invincible. Yep. Uh, he can get hurt, but it just it just nineties terrible special effect heals right away, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's the crow. That, that is the crow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically the movie. It, he, it wastes very little time in like, hey, he's back, and mm-hmm. you know disoriented and in pain i guess and gets back and then is like pretty much immediate on to murder yeah i mean he has kind of a all right i i'll I'll just say this up front the the movie obviously with its production issues is is kind of disjointed they obviously didn't finish filming before brandon lee passed away so there's a lot of transitional stuff that's missing and there's a lot of just scenes that they had to film with somebody else. So there's a lot of, you don't see Brandon Lee, you just see 
you know, heavy metal dude standing in a room flexing or screaming or, you know, doing whatever. But yeah, it doesn't take long for him to just realize, okay, my mission here is to kill four dudes. Let, let's do this. Um, and he, he finds one of them right away. Tintin. Mm-hmm. He just happens upon him and kills him right away and then goes to that dude's uh, pawn shop guy and just gets the information on everybody else. The thing that doesn't make sense about this movie to me is that so Michael Wincott is the leader of this shit. Like these are his lackeys. Right. But the movie's never about getting Michael Wincott until Michael Wincott does something dumb at the end to suck the crow back into revenging. It's like he could have just left him alone and he'd be fine. But yeah, so the movie's just about the crow has to kill these four dudes and then he can rest. And he does that. And then when he goes to rest, Michael Wincott's like, not so fast. And then he's like, all right, well, I guess I got to go kill him, too. <laughs> and that's the movie, basically. Right. Um, like we said 18 times throughout this movie, it is 90s as fuck. Yeah. Um, the the transfer of this, the one that's on Netflix anyway, it looks like ass. Just the black levels are, are wrong. And I, there's a lot of matte, like the entire city is a model, mm-hmm. basically. So occasionally they have to matte in people or composite in people who are interacting with this little tiny model city. And, and whenever the crow is flying around doing anything, that's obviously a weird effect. Yeah. But, but I like the model effect. I like the, the city that they've built and the way they can fly through it. There's a, there's a car chase that they do at one point that, it, you know, they have like real streets that they film on, but like whenever they do an overhead shot, it's just little tiny cars going through a little model. It still looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got a good Gothic look to it. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know how much this is the transfer versus the way they wanted this movie to look. Because hmm. um, I remember it always looking like this. Okay. Like having it sort of digitized. Because, I mean, before we got to, you know, MCU style comic movies, mm-hmm. you know, where they all kind of like were like, all right, here's big budget and all this. Like comic movies all kind of oh, originally yeah. went for a look. Yes. Um, I mean, Batman 89 included. I mean, it was like models, you know, matte paintings. Mm-hmm. You know, not a real city. Yeah. You know, and this was just kind of continued that trend. Right. So, I mean, there was a there was an aesthetic, I think, that was a sort of a choice. And then, yeah, maybe the maybe the um, compression was a little bit much on some of the dark scenes on, yes. on the Netflix one. But I mean, this, yeah. that's I, I think that's more of what I meant was yeah. that was the compression and the black levels were just yeah. like they had to raise the contrast on it because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see anything. Mm-hmm. But then you also see a hell of a lot of compression during that. So, um a little distracting, but, um, yeah. you know, I mean, there's there's some good like there's a couple of good explosions. The crow blows up the dude's pawn shop. That's a that's a pretty good shot. He later uh, straps this dude into a car and it goes off a pier and explodes. And that's a good shot, too, because this car comes apart, <laughs> like just separates and explodes. There are a couple of really good fight scenes. The one where he just goes to their pirate wizard hangout where they're all just they're just at the big table with just money and guns and drugs and everyone's just throwing shit back and forth across the table like hey give me two guns for that pile of drugs and then you know it's just criminal chaos going on and then he just rolls in and is just like hey and the the stuff that happens in that scene is pretty cool it, it's a pretty good beat down of a bunch of dudes and a million bullets get fired <laughs> right but yeah it you know i mean it's it's hard to come at this now for the first time. Movies have changed so much. Yeah. I was curious how this was going to be ingested by you. Yeah. It's it's also interesting. Like I was talking about the casting. Um, 
like Michael Wincott and Michael Massey are both in this. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his last name. And those are the two dudes I always confuse whenever I see them. I always think one is the other, and they're both in this. And that's <laughs> that's a little um, nightmarish. Yeah. Like I said, Tony Todd is in this. Uh, he deserves to be in this more because he's very cool in this. Mm-hmm. And also a fucking giant. He walks into the room at one point and is just like, he is twice as big as anyone else in the scene. Like, how is he not more of a character in this? Uh, Candyman came out two years before this. Yeah. So plus he's for some strange reason like whereas everyone else is dressed either as a pirate vampire <laughs> or you know every goth club you've ever been to, mm-hmm. he's basically walking around like the spirit. Like he's got you know old school trench coat and yeah. you know yeah. and, a, and a hat and everything. It's just like yeah, he's Arsenio Hall on a good show night. Mm-hmm. He's just like I felt like dressing up tonight, but like he's like that all the time. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I don't understand the economy of this place because they're living and working in sh- just shitholes, mm-hmm. just dank, drippy, gross places. I-, I like the fact that they they <laughs> they operate some sort of nightclub that has patronage and also real bands to show up and, and work there. Mm-hmm. But also the show has like a permanent like welder guy working on a scaffolding behind them just to provide sparks for the background of their show. Two different sets is just a guy in the background welding or something so that they will have sparks. Um, I believe that's a staple of industrial music. Oh, you know, I get it. Well, (laughs) (laughs) wasn't really a joke. I was just saying like sparks and shit are all about, you know, industrial music had sparks. Yeah, in their videos but just stuff. one guy, like on a staff. I know, yeah, just like, know. was he employed by the club, or did he just happen to work for both bands? Or do you think he just like had a touring? You know, he was like my life on the road with the Throw Kill Cult. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a welder. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. How else to uh, talk about the, the crow? There, there's a real good um, explosion. So um, Joe uh, Polito mm-hmm. uh, is uh, the shitty uh, pawn, pawn shop, shop guy. guy. Yeah, and um, you know after after Eric takes out the first dude Tintin and mm-hmm. gets the information, well, he kind of followed him there um, and realized like he was pawning shit there. Right? Or no, he didn't follow him. No, he we just... we saw him go there, but then he you know when he tortured him, basically he got the information of like. Yeah, I t- you, that's where he pawned his engagement. Yeah, ring. he was like, "You stole my wife's engagement ring. Yeah. That's the one thing I want back." And he's like, figured out where that was. So mm-hmm. that's, I I really like that scene. Yes, mostly because like Joe Polito's like catchphrase is like, "Whenever things are going wrong, he, he says shit on me." And yes. he says it a bunch of this movie. He it's, does. It's really good. <laughs> well, shit on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but that that leads to one hell of an explosion. Yeah, and. Man, they even set up uh, an Eric Draven dummy in front of this place that, like, yeah, uh, that's 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 the other weird thing, you know. Knowing what you know behind the scenes of the movie, there's a lot of things in this that look really dangerous. Yes, and I mean, I know I'm sure it was just a dummy, yes. you know, with with crow clothing on. Had to have, but been. they <laughs> ignite this building with him like two feet out the front door. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yes, and, and you, they even do like you know a little bit of Burning Man on Joe Polito. Yeah, or, they do. They or, said... or, or at least a, a stuntman that looks exactly like him. But no, I, mean, I think it was him. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, but both like his pant legs yeah. from the knee down were on fire. Yeah, they gave him the hot feet, and he was not happy. No. <laughs> um, he's he's really good in this. Like so, him and Ernie Hudson seem to be the the two people in this who are given time to act. 
like their performances are, are not cut all to hell. They are like er- Ernie Hudson is a beat cop who was a detective and they never quite it, go into why this happened. Like his captain is just like, fuck you. You fucked up. That's why you're a beat cop again. And it seems like it probably has something to do with this shitty captain doing something shitty, but they never really get to it. Um, but like Ernie Hudson's life is kind of going downhill and then the crow shows up and then like they have kind of a heart to heart. And then suddenly Ernie Hudson is just top of the world. He's just like walking into work like, man, works great. And he's like, hey, Captain, fuck you. You know, <laughs> Captain's like, you're off the force. He's like, nah, you're off the force. Pew, pew. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Ernie Hudson is still like patrolling the city at the end and manages to almost get leviathan at the end anyway he's just like i got this and then takes a step around a corner and gets shot twice in the chest you're like fuck don't do that but he's fine we can talk about a little kid there's a little kid in this uh sarah who seemed to be like her so her real mom is a waitress slash terrible person right (laughs) so she was kind of like being taken care of by the two of them before they got killed and so she's just, you know, skateboarding around town and and I don't know what the hell it is she does all day, but it's just skateboarding around town. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, you know, is friends with Ernie Hudson and well, she becomes friends with Ernie Hudson because he's there when her, her right adoptive family is murdered. <laughs> right. She's like, you lied to them about yeah. <laughs> who's going to die. And he's like, yep, sure did. It's like, are you lying to me? He's like, yep. <laughs> um. But anyway, she's kind of the through line through this because mm-hmm. um, like she she runs into Eric a couple times and then eventually goes back to his apartment and is just like, hey, come out here. Show yourself. <sighs> yeah. Her, her mom being a Banff alum from Bad Boys. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anna, Anna Levine. I, yeah. yeah. I knew I was like, that's uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's just has a mid-90s-as-fuck soundtrack. <laughs> it has an amazing soundtrack. I mean, at the time, this this soundtrack was really ahead of its time, sure, actually. Sure. Um, I mean, now it's like you hear songs on it. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that. And mm-hmm. um, uh, what the hell? There's a Stone Temple Pilot song that's like got tons of radio airplay after this movie. Right. But, um, but no, like, I mean, I'm saying like the soundtrack was ahead of it wasn't like picking popular songs it was like ahead of the curve on some of these yeah but no there's i mean there's a kick-ass nine inch nails song on it there's this was a really really good soundtrack at the time yeah just going through the credits at the end there's pantera and mm-hmm. helmet yep. <laughs> you know, all the good stuff as, um and as i alluded the my, my life with a thrill kill cold right um the other uh, so there's another aspect to the crow character which i don't know is part of the origin story or not um and the movie doesn't quite do it justice as far as I wanted it it to be done Mm -hmm. in that Eric was in a band. um, And so when he, when right before he blows up the the pawn shop, he takes a guitar. I don't know if it was his guitar or not, but he, he takes a guitar with him. And for like two thirds of the movie, he's also, he's walking around with both a gun and a guitar. And I kept waiting for him to kill people with, with 
<laughs> rock and roll. Just fucking, just strum and just, you know, some supernatural bullshit would kill somebody. Oh, like Gothic Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so instead, what you kind of get are some shots that aren't Brandon Lee on a roof uh, of him just kind of strumming away while he's got like an amp just dangling off the roof so that the entire shitty town can hear his dumb guitar wailing. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, he just gets mad and smashes his guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the guitar does not come into play like I'd hoped it would. Like, when he grabbed it, I was like, oh, man, fuck, yeah, kill him with the power of rock, let's do this. <laughs> but he did not. No. So, oh, well. Um, let's see, what else? I, I probably should have led off saying this. We, I mean, I don't know, we haven't rated this yet, and I, I'm, I'm going off of the fact that, like, this was a pretty popular movie. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, we are not, we didn't pick this movie... This is similar to other things we've done. We're not necessarily <laughs> saying this is a bad movie. I mean, you may be because you've never seen it, and, and we, you know, and I may have second thoughts on having seen it, haven't having not seen it in so long. Uh-huh. But we really did this to get to the sequels. Yes, it that's a necessary thing yeah. that had to be done. So I mean, um, I'm, again, I'm not. It's sort of like when we did uh, the Poseidon Adventure. It's like, right. look, we are not in any way, shape, or form saying the Poseidon Adventure is a bad movie. No, we are watching this so that we can watch the other Poseidon exactly adventure. It's a frame of reference, and it's yeah. it's worth talking about. I I think that as I I I've always treated the Crow and Highlander the same. It seems like they both had strong starts that people really liked and then just people kept trying it and couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, this is, this is a very strange one. Like, I mean, if this, if this movie hadn't made the money it made, like, I mean, I think for what it cost Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but the controversy, controversy of the death helped propel the box office. I'm sure it did. um, Yeah. Somewhat. This is a weird thing to make a bunch of movies off of and, and keep trying because, I, you know, again, I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't think this was a super popular comic. I mean, I know this was like very much an aesthetic that like, you know, goth kids were masturbating to. But I'm saying it's like it's it was not like a, a crazy, you know, popular comic. This is I mean, <laughs> right, it sure. wasn't even as popular as Hellboy, right. you know, and we've we've only gotten two working on a third movie of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hellboy was a more popular comic. And yet we have. 18 crow movies and a TV series. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing for it to, well, to, to blow up like it did. I think initially, and, and I could be wrong, but it would seem to me if I was just studying this on a surface level mm-hmm. is that, okay, the crow made money. We need to make this a franchise. So make another one and establish a franchise out of it and mm-hmm. go from there. But it seems like they tried to do that. And then, like Highlander just kept doing it like, nah, we'll do this this time. Yeah, we'll just nah, get, forget we'll, all that. We'll do we'll this just get, this we'll time. Just keep getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just, okay, now you've got $2 million and fucking Edward Furlong. <laughs> <laughs> Make the most of it. Do what you can. One of, I think, my complaints against The Crow is that the way it's structured, and I can't say this for sure is the way it was meant to be because of production trouble and everything, but... You never really get to see who Eric Draven was beforehand, so it's hard to tell exactly what the crow persona is. Mm-hmm. Like, was he like a weird, jester, goofy guy before? Kind of seems like it, but every time you see him in a flashback, it's a weird stylized flashback, and it's hard to tell his personality. Almost all the flashbacks are like very much related to Shelley, his soon-to-be exactly. wife. It's it's almost always like. Huggy, kissy, we're out in the field, you know, we're, yeah. we're playing in the bed. Oh, look, Sarah's over and we're 
tickle fighting with her. You know, it was just like, yeah. you know, everything was like super. Denny's here watching us have yeah. sex. <laughs> Everything's super quick and weird. And, you know, you don't. Yeah. You don't really ever meet. You, I mean, because the movie starts. They're already murdered. Right. It's the you crime know. scene. Yeah. And I thought like at first I thought, OK, this is flashing to the end and then we'll see how we got here. And it's not that at all. No. So. It, it's confusing to like, OK, so you have a movie where like. And there are other movies like this where you have a normal person and a supernatural force comes and takes them over. And now they are mostly that supernatural force for revenge or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to tell exactly how much of him being the crow is just who he was and how much of it is whatever this force is that has given him life back. Yeah. The other the other weird thing. And again, I mean, if you if I haven't uh, you know, made you shut off the podcast yet, if you're a fan of the crow comics which mm -hmm. i did look it was never like a comic strip it like peanuts i mean it was just i'm saying like it was Man, family circus <laughs> and the crow <laughs> no when they say comic strip it was because it, it was it started off as like part of anthology comics oh okay you know, like um you know dark horse presents or, okay but it wasn't dark horse it was gotcha. know, something else that so I, that's a weird way to phrase it now because I, we would just call it a comic yes but um yeah because when you say comic strip it's like well what pub, you know what publication that comics are a part of did you put this in you mm -hmm. know? um but yeah uh what i what i don't remember having an issue with at the time that seems weird now is uh i think it's just because we've had so many superhero movies and now they treat like i feel like back then it was just like either in or you're out like on this like you, you know either mm -hmm. you'll just go with it or you're already a fan and you want to see it on in a movie version yeah this one is sort of like of that time period and it's like Okay, obviously, you know, you can shoot him and he reheals like Wolverine style, mm -hmm. you know, shitty Wolverine style. Um, but then he seems to have other powers. Like he has Beastmaster Sight with the with the crow. Yeah. So he can see through the crow's eyes and that's how he finds like Tintin and stuff the first time and mm -hmm. some of the other people. Um, but then like when he goes to see Darla, who's Sarah's mom, the drug addict waitress, uh, they've been taking morphine and he's just like touches her arm and makes the morphine come out her holes uh, <laughs> the puncture holes <laughs> the track marks if you will uh, I want to rephrase right. all of this <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah the needle marks right but yeah he basically like snakes, the entry points yeah, of the morphine <laughs> he basically like snake venoms it out of her body and then she's like oh I'm better now because I'm not on morphine and yeah. I'm going to go be a good mom yeah so it's like what are the crow powers like is it just what is it like is he basically like gothic superman he could just whatever you need for that time period he can probably do yeah um yeah because he has weird like he has weird physics defying jumping powers mm -hmm. that don't come into play at all no it, like, he's just yeah. able to jump roof rooftops because that's what superheroes do yeah, yeah when he got when he, i mean because it's not like he came back with the 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 crow slash sting <laughs> makeup <laughs> right. pre affixed to his face. He's freaking out and looking in a broken mirror and sees like a gesture mask that, you know, he again has a flashback to playing around with. And it's yeah. just like, I'm going to make myself look like that. Cause eventually by the end of the movie, when it's raining so much, it's, it's, it's pretty much completely washed off, which I liked. I'm glad that it wasn't like this permanent fixture on his face. Cause there's a, I mean, the thing about the city is that it's always raining, right? So he is, everyone is always wet. But he is always wet all the time. But yeah, it, it's good that eventually it's no longer on his face because if it became like this weird, like, I mean, I because despite his all over the place filmography, mm -hmm. I like to think somewhere Alex Proyas is a good director. Like, I, I feel like 
there's potential. And I feel like it was an aesthetic choice of from the beginning him being lost and covering his face in the in the in the gesture mask and eventually washing off was like the more it washed off was the more he was almost done with his vendetta Mm. you know and like it was an intentional like a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and now he's done you know and so like by the final scene it's like it's all gone and he's just laying there and then magically reburies himself Uh, yeah but whatever (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, boy, I just read something that said because because of the morphine extraction, that's why he can no longer heal properly. Which seem I don't know. No. Yeah, I, no, I, no. They they establish that like Tony Todd shoots the crow, right? And, you and know, that, his proxy animal, and that's why he can his crow powers go away. Yeah, yeah. Chronomo. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's just it's it's hard to judge. I it, it's almost unfair to judge this film because. In the end, it's like you did the best you could with a horrific situation and with what you had. It, it's just it's a doomed movie, basically. And for it to have a beginning, middle and end, that kind of work is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will always fight you on Dark City. I love Dark City. Um, I know you like Dark City until the end where you're just like, fuck you, movie. This is bullshit. I like the ending of Dark City, so. That's what I mean. I, I feel like there are some chops, and that yeah. was probably a, a conscious aesthetic choice to have the makeup slowly wash off the face. Yeah. Now, what's going to be weird is in, I mean, I don't want to spoil spoil future crows. <laughs> However, in the direct sequel, the next one, where it was like, well, we want to make another one, but, you know, we got to get a different guy, obviously. Sure. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, it's the same character. It's Eric Draven again. It is? I do believe. I don't think it is. I, I think they totally like this time the crow is another dude. Oh, no. You're right. It's Ash Ash Corvin. <laughs> Sarah Sarah returns. Like, Sarah is all grown up uh-huh. and returns. But the thing I'm, I'm going to be very curious about. <laughs> no. The, the thing I'm going to be very curious about in the future ones is, like, why the fuck do they put the clown makeup on? Yeah. Like. Like, are they all just dead clowns? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, at a certain point, you got to be like, all right, when they resurrect, the clown, the clown make is just there. Yeah. You know, because like. Well, that's what I didn't understand about this. I mean, it was interesting that they had like a moment of here's why there's clown makeup on him. Mm-hmm. But to actually show him putting it on, like as part of his origin, uh, becoming the crow seemed real weird. Of like, because it was shot of the hands, getting the foundation and rubbing it all, and it's just like, mm. <laughs> well, you could just put that mask on. <laughs> and actually, if you put that mask on, all your filmmaking problems are solved because then you could just put a dude in that mask. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, but then they'd already had shot some things. I, yeah, yeah, I know. It just, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's it's a weird thing. Um, I, I I'm just I am actually even to this day. Despite some bad matting and CG and you mm-hmm. know green screen type things throughout this movie because mm-hmm. of, the, of the age, I am surprised how well they hid. Not Brandon Lee. There's 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 one clear that you know stick figure face on top of a person that's clearly not them. There is one shot that is like very clearly like that, like the end of um, Fast Seven mm-hmm. or Furious Seven, whatever it is. Um, but it's like there there's one shot like that that's that's very obvious to me. The rest of it is like surprisingly well done to to hide. I mean, there's as you said, there's a lot of thought of things where it's like you never see his face and stuff like that. But like yeah. 
like the the painting the crow makeup on scene. He wasn't in that scene. No, nope. they they stuck his face in the cracks of the mirror. Yes, and you know, cause with, with broken mirror, I guess that was easier to, easier to hide. But yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like for for the time, they did a remarkable job hiding yeah. it. Yes, I yeah, it's just th- technically they did a very good job finishing the film and make it seem seamless. It's just for people like us who can see the seams and sure. things. It's very obvious as to when it's not Brandon Lee. And there are a couple of scenes, like in particular, like ends of scenes where like he goes and gets in Ernie Hudson's car or whatever. And all of a sudden he just ducks behind a seat and is just like, oh, I'm cruel. You know, and it's just like, that's not him. I don't know who that is, but that is not him. Um, The end of the scene where he's strapping the dude in the car and getting ready to light the car on fire and send it down the pier. That's not him either. Mm -hmm. Um but again, th- these also could have been shots of a, a stand-in doing all these things, and they never just shot the insert of him saying a line of dialogue or whatever. So it's it's really hard to say what was who and when. Yeah. Um, again, the fact that you put together a movie and it comes out and it's pretty okay, um, I, I, I think is a, a remarkable achievement. And the fact that people saw it and liked it and weren't just like, what's this hacky garbage? You know, I mean... I, we got some comments when we were going to do this. People were like, you can't do The Crow. It's a masterpiece. And it's like, well, no. But, <laughs> I mean, I get where you're coming from. But Well, I, like I said, there is, though I've I've, I've probably alienated them, there is a community that, that like, this is, a, this is a thing. Oh, I this know. This is a strong thing. I know. I mean, to me, like, I always thought, because it, it is such a cure-esque you know, like gothy thing mm-hmm. that I was always just absolutely befuddled that, that like Sting the wrestler was like, I'm going to go with that aesthetic. <laughs> and it was like, in fucking wrestling? Like, I mean, I get, I, I actually sort of take that back because there's, there's, in the 90s, there was a lot of crossover. Like, yeah, wrestling people were all black clothes, you know, mm-hmm. g- you know, heavy metal, yeah, shit like that. I, I know wrestling has changed a lot and it's way more family friendly, but like they were going through a dark attitude time, you know, like that. And so like, I kind of get it, but at the same time, it's like, well, he had been betrayed. Right. Right. He had been completely betrayed. And Uh so, and so beach sting had to go away and crow sting had to come out. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. He he had to right some wrongs. I know. (laughs) And it took a fucking year. (laughs) I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a weird thing that like, that, that that this movie took off as much as it did because, like I said, I don't think this was a widely circulated comic at the time. I mean, I think it's it's gone on because they're like, oh yeah, like you know, keep going, write more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the movie is like it's one of those cases where the movie propelled the comic. I mean, as much as I love it, I think Tank Girl's kind of the same way. It's like they went and found a somewhat underground comic, and it became much more popular after the movie. Yeah, you know. Well, and I mean, I don't. I don't think there's a direct correlation, but, you know, at this time, the the Batman franchise had turned to colorful garbage. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. And there was kind of still this gothic, like, desire out there, because, I mean, you know, the 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 second Batman movie is more colorful than the first one, but they are, they are both dark as shit. Um, and then, you know, it becomes all neon nightmare with the with the latter two. But this kind of comes in on that vibe of just like, man shit's 
grungy and it rains all the time. And this is how you feel in your soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish I was the crow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's rate the crow. Okay. Um, I'll go first because obviously my rating is going to be the uh, more interesting because I'm coming at this for the first time. What, 25 years later? It's a while. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to be completely nice and fair to this movie. I'm giving it two jocks. Uh, I felt some worry as the film got underway. I was like, oh, this is... It starts hard 90s with yeah. cutting, you know, cuts. and Yeah, I was like, this movie's time may have passed. I don't know if I could do this. However... I think I think that on on one level, there's a lot of weird, dumb bullshit in this that I was able to latch on to uh, and have fun with. Um, there's a whole lot of weird set dressing stuff going on. And just just the, the these these criminals are constantly just like, let's bash each other in the head with beer mugs and just, you know, shout. And it's just like, oh, you're in and um they were swallowing bullets with tequila at one point in time. <laughs> yes, they were swallowing bullets and doing shots. <laughs> And then, like, after one dude does it, he lights his tongue on fire with a cigar. It's just like, okay, I get it. You get, and like, you know, the first, the very first time we see bad guys after like the intro scene is they've gone into this arcade and they just start smashing pinball machines. And I'm like, man, fuck these guys. They have to die. They all have to die. <laughs> I don't care what else they did. <laughs> fuck this. Cause then they blow up that arcade. Um, so there, there was a lot of that kind of dumb bullshit that I latched onto. But I think that a lot of the, action scenes in a very 90s way but i think a lot of the action scenes are good i think the 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 weird like cross cut real car chase model car chase was good um the explosions are good blowing up that pawn shop was good the shot where he you know draws a a crow thing with lighter fluid on the ground and then lights it there's your money shot right there that's i was kind of on board at that i was like yeah all right that there's your trailer shot put the put the title in the middle of that and say coming soon and there you go um, so I'm going to give it two jocks. I, okay. it's, it's, it's not some amazing piece of work, I think, but I think that's more because of circumstance than anything else. Um, I wish they'd gotten another shot of, at it. And I mean that in terms of like everyone, like if they could have just like, all right, let's, let's reset and do this again. Um, it's just hard to get a sense of what Brandon Lee was all about watching this movie because, it's hard to see like what was his personality, what was the crow personality, what was what was any of that. So it's 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 hard to judge like should they have just recast the whole thing and started over or or what? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, unless you're done, I I kind of want to piggyback on that. Go ahead. It, it's weird because I had not seen Brandon Lee and anything prior to this at the time. Yes, um, I've now gone. Sp- now, since gone back and seen what Rapid Fire and Showdown and Little Tokyo, I think were the two big things he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it was weird because I this was one of those. I don't. I don't. I can't. I can't think of how to express this without sounding extremely disrespectful. He has almost no personality. The movie lets him have almost no personality. Yeah. That like when they were like tragic death of you know i mean it was like okay so it's bruce lee's kid you know it was like he didn't seem like some great you know ingenue <laughs> like he was a, like the the next great thing in this movie right when i watched it and i was like okay well i guess it's sad because and then you have your conspiracy theories because both 
members of the family died in weird ways. Yeah. You know, and it's like, all right, I get there's like that whole thing, but I was like, and you know, sure, I'm not 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 sad that somebody died in a tragic way, mm-hmm. but I was like, they were treating it like, oh my god, this is this is horrific, and I was like, but why? Like, I mean, it was like he's just a guy. Like, it, it felt like. You know, they could have stunt cast Mick Jagger's kid or something like that. You know, like it was just like, okay, I get that he's the son of somebody famous. I've now since gone back and, like I said, I, I mean, Showdown with Little Tokyo. He's a, he's a ex- explosion of personality. Yes, exactly. You know, you know and it's like, and I, I get it now because it's like I've seen the other movies. At the time, it was weird because this movie just gives him nothing. You know, yeah. like it, it, and and you know, I mean, it's unfortunate because you know, maybe they would have had some more backstory shots or maybe they would have something to like let his personality through. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like it when he starts to kind of get, cause you know, he's all tragic and torn and broken in the beginning. So you got to have that like Gothic struggle thing, you know, to come back from the grave. But it's like when he gets kind of jokey and stuff towards the end, it, it, it starts to pick up, but yeah. then he just gets sad and stuff again, you know? And it's like, yeah, all right. You know, like, well, he was, he was kind of, he was, I think he was at peak jokiness when he was like bl- going to blow up the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Like he was having none of that dude shit. Right. And, uh, w- was just taking great delight in just like fucking that guy up right. and, and breaking everything. Uh, but then, yeah, he will waver back into, Oh, oh my, my sadness. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I can't tell like, What's the actor's personality? What's the character's personality? What's right. the crow personality? I can't that that yeah and yeah. That, I think that's yeah. Having said all that, I st- I think I'm going to give it three jocks. I I've just I've seen this movie too many times. It's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's a very hard one for me to distance myself. I mean, it is interesting because it's it's been at least ten years since I've seen it, if okay. not more. Um, but I watched it a lot, like you know, video DVD era. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was kind of a sucker. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I feel like we've we've come the right way in comic book movies, but I was a real sucker for like these sort of off-brand, lower-budget comic book movies that we had for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I was really just digging almost all of those. I don't, I don't dislike where we are now. I'm just saying, like, as, as someone who you know, even if I didn't. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of the comic, I was really digging the aesthetic of what they were doing, and like I just felt like people were taking chances yeah. on these indie indie comics and stuff, and I, I just kind of ate these movies up for a while. Some of them have become still some of my favorites. Some of them have fallen off. Some of them I, are some of the worst movies I've ever seen. Batman, mm-hmm. Batman and Robin Spawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's yeah, I, I still as nineties as it is, I. I there's still a lot of fond memories for this. Cause like I said, I remember just straight up listening to the soundtrack a lot. Yeah. You know, so there's a, there's a lot going on, but yeah, it's got some issues and looking at it now, especially, but see, I think still like if you just pump the brakes, start this over again, the, the, the film technology that we have now, mm-hmm. you could do, you could do the same movie. You could, I, I just feel like this is one of those things. The time for this is past. I mean, I, I mean, I know there's still a, a goth community out there, but it's like you do this now. It's just gonna, it's gonna look stupid. It's gonna look and feel so stupid if you do it now. Yeah, but how, how totally in love is everybody with every version of the Joker that comes out? 
Like, just, you have the Joker in Suicide Squad for 12 minutes, and everyone's just jacking off to it. Like, they can't just, like... Well, uh, some people are. <laughs> a, lot, I, there's, uh, there a lot of are, people absolutely uh, I, I despise that, that. I think the general film community despises it, but I think there are just no, people... No, no, who, com- Most of the comic book really? community okay. despises the Leto j- Joker. Okay. Well, I mean, I know everyone just fucking goes nuts for Heath Ledger's Joker, too. Sure. Which I like, don't get me wrong, but they've elevated it to this... It's a weird parallel, too, of this kind of like, oh, that was the best thing ever. And it's like, yeah, it was good, but I, I don't know if the most amazing thing ever. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done. I just, to me, this is such a product of the 80s and 90s time period that like I don't think you can recapture it. Because, I mean, unless you make it some sort of like nostalgic period piece, it's going to come across as disingenuous. I'm not saying that like gothy style rundown stuff doesn't exist i mean you said it in detroit and you're and you're done apparently this was detroit okay by the way they just never said the word detroit okay <laughs> um but i mean you know so yeah i mean detroit hasn't time hasn't done detroit any favors it's worse than it was then yeah um but i think i feel like a lot of it goes like the music and and the clothing aesthetic of that goes hand in hand and and nowadays it's like i i don't know i could be wrong i mean there's there's still a bunch of twee gothic bullshit things that are really popular, you know, mm-hmm. like I, and I, I maybe it's cause it's like, it's never really been my aesthetic jam. Like I, I'm not giving it credit for its, you know, longevity. Yeah. But I mean, people love all the Neil Gaiman gothy things he does, you know, like, I mean, that that's the thing is like, I feel like we've tried the crow, the crow like has, has gotten more than it's plenty, more, of chances. plenty of chances. We fucked it up. Like, if you want this, like if you want the, the the gothy thing, go make Sandman. Go make Sandman for real, right? Like you know, like just quit trying with this. Like you know, <laughs> quit trying to milk a, a dead IP. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you are right. It has been tried four times and a TV show. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, it it's like RoboCop. It's like yeah, you had it and then you yeah. fucked it up and then you really fucked it up and yeah. then you tried to reboot it and you still fucked it up. Yeah. Sometimes there's just no coming back from. Yeah. En- enough bad stuff so that's fair just, just I, I mean there's there's other stuff you can do like yeah. i mean go go make a real fables movie go go make anything that like i mean the same there there's plenty of gothy comics out there mm-hmm. that you could just go and it's new and it's different and people be like fuck yeah let's do this yeah you know i i guess my brain is is looking at this movie thinking like if if you could remake a 1994 movie in 1994 and without the the production oh, sure. trouble sure. I, that's how my brain is seeing it. it's like there's a good movie in there somewhere yeah um, I, I think there is i yeah. just uh, you know but you're let's, right let's it's, move it's on. time has probably passed yeah. so i mean the other one is in you know just it doesn't even have a year attached to it anymore oh right because like, yeah. they are they were still trying to make another one i think with jason momoa which is just weird oh no yeah no <laughs> i mean i think it was bullets like, wouldn't hurt him I think even it was, in his mortal form. i think it, well, i'm saying i think it was pre like you know him okay. being aquaman thing and it was no. just like oh well he's got dark eyes <laughs> I mean, really, that's what I mean. Sure. Like, I mean, he's he's half he's half crow without it because I mean, he looks like he always has eyeliner on. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't know. You're right. It, it's time has passed. <laughs> Someone out there is crying right now. Sorry, single single crow tear. Yeah, a little little white tear <laughs> streaking makeup down your face. It's okay, little guy. There's plenty of other goth stuff out there for you. Um, 
But yeah, uh, hey, thanks for uh, voting for the crow mm-hmm. in that poll that we did. Well, uh, there's, don't get sad. There's plenty more crow coming. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some crowing coming up. Uh, don't worry about that. Um, so patrons, thank you for being here. Uh, if you were listening to this on the main feed, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash bmfcast and just explore the treasure trove of things there and if you throw a dollar or more at us you have access to them and you can hit play on them and listen to them and usually in a timely manner because a lot of stuff is delayed a few months going from one platform to the other so you can get stuff when it's live when it's relevant our review of the crow 1994 is so relevant right now absolutely a month from now hey, no tomorrow they're going to announce like we finally have an a, a actor and a director announced for the crow or exactly or we're going to find out like you know somebody involved with the crow is a sex pest because that seems more like that's likely of what we do <laughs> sex pest <laughs> i mean every time we're like man I just, why does this yeah. person get more work? Oh, because oh, they're a shithead. Right. Fuck. Because that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, so because of the way uh, our schedule has worked and the polling has worked, the poll for the next episode is already complete. So I can already go ahead and tell you that next week we are going to be talking 1991's Toy Soldiers, uh, which some people who voted in the poll said people might have gotten confused with Small Soldiers. That is not what we are watching. Oh, thank God. We are not watching the Joe Dante Gremlins film. We are watching Toy Soldiers, which is... It's got Will Wheaton. It does. <laughs> All your favorites from 1991, the Tiger Beat magazine, going to school and terrorists come to take the school. So mm-hmm. it's like Demolition High, but probably with money. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Louis Gossett Jr., I think? Sure, why not? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while. I've seen it. I have not. Oh, okay. Another one of these. Man, I've... you just like living the dream, seeing movies for the first time on Bamfcast Extra. That's what this show's all about. Yeah. Making a list of movies I've never seen. Let's talk about them for a podcast. So yeah, that's next week. Uh, that movie just came out on Blu-ray and is available to rent everywhere. So if you want to get ready to go, um, you can you can easily find it. It is not a hard one to find. So uh, until the very next episode, I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And this is Bamfcast Extra out. Extra.